0: Welcome back to the Mackinac, Michigan Show, brought to you by the Mackinac Center's Frank Beckman Center for Journalism here on WJR. I'm Kelly Cobb. And I'm Jerry Skorup. And next up, uh, we're going to be talking about an issue that we've discussed a few times on this show because there's quite a substantial blowback now on these large-scale taxpayer-backed projects in Michigan uh, for corporate handouts. The state has spent hundreds of millions of dollars on MEDC projects. The names Goshen, the Marshall Battery Plant. Today, we're going to talk about Eagle Township, where, as I understand it, and maybe our next guest can help illuminate, there is no actually there is no project that's been proposed, but the community is up in arms because they the the leaders there is trying to put in place a rezoning of 1,400 acres to build a manufacturing mega site. Now, some of this acreage is owned by Michigan State University. And Steve DeLee with the Mackinac Center recently sued Michigan State University, in which he contends that Michigan State does not have the authority to use it for a megasite. It's supposed to be agricultural land. Steve, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks very much for having me. So give us a big picture here. What exactly is going on and what's the thrust of your lawsuit? Sure. So as you
1: mentioned, uh, the area in Eagle Township is being looked at for a mega site known as the Michigan Manufacturing Innovation Campus. And some of the land that Michigan State owns in that area was donated to it by a local farmer. And we got a tip that Michigan State may not actually be able to sell this land legally um, for use in this site. So we asked for the underlying agreements, and that's what we're suing about now.
2: So uh, Michigan State University, obviously a public university, so they had farmland uh, deeded to them to be used for agricultural use. I believe um, you know, that one of the local township officials said something like at some point, this land could be sold, but we don't know when that would be and the what we what you know about the deed or what you believe about the deed is that it potentially limits them so you're you're trying to find the actual information the actual agreement and what was Michigan State's response to that?
1: well they uh, they sent us quite a bit of paperwork but the agreement itself, which is really the key, Um, document that we're looking for, um, was almost entirely redacted. So if you took a look at it, you would see I'm changing this trust agreement and I'm changing it to the following blank. And so without having access to the information that's blacked out, it's very difficult to tell what the legal obligations of the parties are and what MSU's authority is.
0: Is this, Steve, is is it a deed restriction on the property that MSU is holding? It's actually an amendment to a trust
1: agreement, but that trust agreement could have dictated the terms of how this land was donated, what the expectations mm-hmm. were. Um, so it's still extremely important to know what this agreement says.
0: Yeah, obviously so. And and what what authority does MSU – I mean, just your transparency uh, guru here with Magana Center – what authority does Uh, an organization have, a public institution like MSU, to simply redact stuff at whim? I mean, aren't we aiming for more transparency, not less, when you put a FOIA request in?
1: I mean, that's certainly what we're aiming for, but the problem is that's not what usually happens, and that's one of the reasons Michigan is one of the lowest-ranked states for transparency consistently. Um, In this particular case, MSU was attempting to apply the privacy exemption. So in FOIA, there are certain exemptions you can apply. Um, That's what MSU claimed here. But we don't think it's applicable. We don't think the information that's being withheld is private. And even if it was, the public interest in this is so high that we don't think that exemption is appropriate.
2: Yeah, and and that's really the bigger point on this. I mean, this is a public university. It it, it gets special favors from the government, It gets subsidies, it gets uh, breaks on its land, it gets breaks on property taxes, all these things. It's a public entity, no question. It's been that way for over 100 years. This freedom of information law is written so the public can keep an eye on the entities that we support with our tax dollars. It strikes me as just kind of amazing how bad a lot of government entities, including Michigan State University, repeatedly is. I'm providing this information that is supposed to be out there so the public can examine what they're doing with our tax dollars. I mean, what's your experience with transparency? I know you filed a a ton of lawsuits in recent years. Um, Is the legislature doing something about this? What are the courts saying about it?
1: Sure. So our courts have been very good uh, with FOIA. Our courts have generally been pro-transparency and have ruled on, on the side of FOIA requesters. The public bodies themselves, uh, much less so. Uh, We have experienced countless examples at all levels of government, from local government all the way up to the universities and the state, of poorly applied redactions, excessive delays, excessive cost estimates. And it really creates a barrier to anyone being able to access this information. Um, We know right now the legislature is talking about making some changes to FOIA. I don't believe those have been released yet. And I'm, I'm hopeful that whatever changes are proposed would actually be meaningful steps forward to being able to get access to public records.
0: Yeah, because you see, in all, you know, and this is a great example. The Eagle Township rezoning is a perfect example of this. The community is outraged, and in part of their outrage, is they're they're mad at the township supervisor for not coming clean and discussing this uh, in the public. In in the right way. And now uh, I, I think I recently saw she's somebody submitted over 500 signatures for a recall petition now for the township supervisor just over this issue. And and the joke might be that there is actually no project being proposed. There's no company coming in. There's nothing. But when you lack transparency as a public official and you try to do big deals behind the scenes and your community doesn't know about it, there's blowback to that.
1: Well, certainly. And it, one thing you've just highlighted is a disturbing trend we've seen in other sites as well where the local officials are required to sign non-disclosure agreements as part of considering these projects. Mm-hmm. And so I think some of that backlash you're seeing from citizens is nobody knows about anything, and then all of a sudden this huge project that's trans- that would transform the, the community is being proposed, and it kind of feels like it's coming out of left field.
0: Yeah. And I, b- I believe there was a non-disclosure agreement with the Eagle Township as well, between the supervisor as well. So it, that is very relevant. Steve, what's the next steps in the lawsuit here? I mean, uh, there's, there's still a lot going on with, with the Eagle Township site, independent of this lawsuit. Where do you see the lawsuit going? What's the timeline? And, and would the lawsuit effectively, if you shine the light on this, that MSU cannot give the land over for a mega site redevelopment, would that effectively kill this project?
1: Well, it would certainly complicated. Um, so we truly don't know what we're going to find. If it turns out MSU lacks the legal authority to sell this property, that's going to be a major problem for the mega site itself. Um, in terms of how, how the case proceeds, it can really go one of two ways. MSU can, decide, can look at the case, decide, yes, these redactions were improper, we're going to produce the documents, and the case could go away very quickly. Um, On the other hand, if they believe that they're correct and continue to fight, we could be in this for six months to a year arguing about whether they properly applied the law. So those are kind of the two paths I see, but it's, it's hard to predict.
0: Steve DeLee with Mackinac Center, thanks for coming on the show and best of luck with the case.
1: Thanks so much and thank you for having me.
0: Oh, absolutely. And we'll be back again after a brief break with more of the Mackinac on Michigan show on WJR.